righty. We're talking about money in the month of September. Started last week, and um, we'll go back over some of the stuff we talked about in this message. Want to talk about what we do as believers, really, what all of us should do, even if you haven't uh, made that biggest decision of your life you'll ever make, and uh, that is to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. Even if you haven't done that yet, and you're still kind of investigating who Jesus is and all of that. We certainly understand we've all been there. We're just glad you're here. <clears throat> but whether you are a believer or whether you're still looking at the church and looking at Christ, these principles that I'm going to give you are principles that will help you um, stay under the hand of God's blessing even during the time of financial difficulty. Last week we talked all about uh, the economy and went into some detail about some of the things we're struggling with in America and not just in America but all around the world. Um, the economy is in a very unstable condition right now. You hear good news one day and turn right around and they erase all that news and give you bad news the next day. And i got to tell you something, guys. I think we're just really at a place we've never been before as a country. And we're really at a place we've never been before as a, as a, a people on this globe called Earth. Uh, I think a lot of people have questions and uh, there are no answers. The answers that they're looking for, they're looking in the wrong place. So we're going to look in the right place this morning. We're going to look into the Word of God. And uh, Jesus spoke to the economy. He spoke about the economy. He spoke about the economy in many, many, many places. The Word of God talks about money in many places. As a matter of fact, Jesus had more to say about money than any prophet any preacher, any teacher in the Bible. So if Jesus had a lot to say about that, then I think the church ought to have something to say about that. Now, if you're visiting with us today, I know you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, here I have come and the, the, only, the first sermon I'm going to hear is about money. But I want to talk about how God has a blessing for your life and how God wants to bless your life. So listen carefully. In Matthew 6, 31 through 34, and we're not going to read that this morning because we read it last week and let me remind you that you can go online at whitleychurch.com or thebridge.cc which is our campus in Goldsboro that meets on Thursday and Saturday nights and um, you can listen to the messages any message that you missed in a series you can listen uh, to them you can download them I don't even know how to do all that stuff but you can download it into your uh, something and listen to it on your other thing and um, <clears throat> I don't know what the, all that stuff is but um, anyway uh, that's all free for you to do that you can purchase CDs whatever and, uh, and and catch up if you miss some of the other some of the other messages but last week we talked about Matthew chapter 6 verses 31 through 34 where Jesus really if you'll let me put it in everyday language kind of just looks at uh, believers and he says to them Stop stressing out about money. Stop stressing out about the economy. Jesus says, stop worrying about whether I'm going to take care of you or not, whether God in heaven, our Father, is going to take care of us or not. Stop worrying about that. Jesus says, and I love the way the message puts it, Jesus goes, just relax. 
He said, when you stress about money and when you stress about the economy and when you stress about whether you're going to get food or whether you're going to get clothes or whether you're going to be able to keep your house, he said, when you stress about all those kind of things, he said, you are like those who do not even trust me, who do not believe in me. He, he used the word heathens in the King James Version. He said, you, you worry about those who put so much emphasis on that. He said, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Jesus said, I'm telling you, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch over you and I'm going to take care of you. He said, all I need from you is two things. Make me number one in your life and obey what I tell you to do. How many of you know when God gives us something to do and requires obedience of us, you know, you all know, that is not so God can show he's the boss. I mean, he's got a lot of ways he can show he's the boss, you know. God, God says do this and don't do this to protect you. You think about the Ten Commandments. Every Ten Commandments, every one of them, whether it says thou shalt or thou shalt not, are things to protect you from, from suffering, to protect you from, from broken relationships, to, to protect you from diseases, to, to protect you from all kind of things. Every time God said do this or don't do this, it's all about a blessing on you. It's not God showing he's boss. He's trying, to, he's trying to bless you. He's a parent. He's a parent. You know, that's why we tell our kids, you can't do that. You can't go there and you can't hang around those people. And, and you can't go to that place. And you can't, do, you can't go overnight there. I don't know that family. Or, or whatever. And, and you know, teenagers who are sitting in here and young people who are sitting in here, um, well, you get frustrated with mom and dad. And I'm telling you right now, when mom and dad say, okay, I want you to do this and I require you to do this, but don't do this and don't do this, it's all because they love you. It's because they love you and want to protect you and they want you to live. Listen, listen, a blessed life. That is exactly why Jesus says, thou shalt do these things and thou shalt not do these things. He wants you to live a blessed life. He's not trying to push you around. God doesn't need to do that. That's, people who do that are insecure. Uh, you, you, some of you probably have bosses on your job that kind of push you around and just make you do stuff and you know they're making you do it or they won't let you do things just to show you they're the boss. Let me tell you, that man or woman, they're just really insecure and they have to do those kind of things to, to, to make themselves feel good about themselves. I know some of y'all like to say amen, but your boss comes here, don't they? So you can't say amen. But... um. So, so we're talking about what to do when the economy stinks. So when God, when Jesus talks about money, he, he's not talking about money because he wants to get your money. He's talking about money because he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed. We said last week, if you want God's blessings on your finances, if you want God to help you get out of debt, if you want God to set you free financially, there are five things. That he's very, very clear about in the scripture. We gave you one of those last week. And it is this. Dedicate it all to God. Now, I didn't say give it all to God. And I know that relieved a lot of you. Dedicate it all to God. 
get it in your mind that everything in your life comes under the umbrella of God. We compartmentalize our lives. We go, okay, okay. I got my financial life here, okay, and then I, that's over there. And then I got my church, God, Wednesday night, Sunday morning life, uh, that's right there. And that, that's my God stuff, Bible, Jesus stuff. And then I got, my, um, I got my hobbies I like, and that's here. And then I got like my marriage, I'll put that right there. And then I got my, my kids, that's a whole, no, 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 no. You know this part over here you called the Jesus God Bible part? That's over everything. That's over everything. So we talked about dedicating everything to God. And the reason some of us struggle in our marriage is because we have never prayed about our marriage. We've never gotten down on our knees and prayed about it and dedicated it to God. We, uh, we stress about our children. Get down on your knees and dedicate your children to God. Have a dedication service every morning and, and play organ music and Jesus loves me in the background. And dedicate, because that's what we do when we dedicate children here. And dedicate your children to God. And, go, and you say, well, they don't live with me anymore. Get their picture and hold it up. And go, God, I'm talking about this one. You know him. So, so it's so important, guys, that we dedicate our career, we dedicate our mind. Now, now I know I'm saying some things, but this principle is so important. And I know I'm repeating myself from last week. Hear me when I say this. Whatever you want God to bless in your life, dedicate it to him. You say, well, I want my health. I want my health. You, well, I'm going to tell you, one of the things that you need to do if you want physical health is say, God, I will use my physical health to build your kingdom. If you give me physical health, I will use it. Whatever strength you give me, whatever abilities you give me, I will use it to build your kingdom. I will use it to testify of you. I will use it for your glory. That's what that means. So when you ask God to bless your career, you say, God, bless my career. I dedicate my career to you. I dedicate my business. Some of you own your own business. I dedicate my business to you. That means, God, I'm going to tithe off the, off the profits of this business. God, I'm going to dedicate. I'll use the, if I can use my business to help a needy person, I'm going to use. I, it's your. How many of y'all know that all the stuff you own that you think you own, how many of you know when you die, you're leaving every bit of it behind all of it? So it isn't really yours. You just get to use it while you're here. Remember I told you last week, you're going to go to heaven just like you came in, naked. <laughs> N-E-K-K-I-D if you are taking notes. So dedicated to God. Let me read a couple of verses. But, but remember that principle, whatever's dedicated to God, whatever is dedicated to him, he blesses it. You say, well, i got to learn more about what that means. I'm not real sure. I Listen to the sermon from last week and just study that word. Study the word dedication and study the word consecrate. The word consecrate means to take something and set it aside, set it apart for holy use unto God. Okay? Proverbs 3, 6. In everything you do. How much? Everything. Now, if you look that up in the Hebrew, what that really means is 
Everything. In everything you do, put God first. And here's what will happen. Here's what will happen. Here's what will happen. He will direct you. I could use a little direction in my life. And he will crown your efforts. That sounds like work, career. He crowns it with what? Hey, that's not Confucius right there. That's God Almighty. Confucius says stuff like, man who live in glass house, dress in basement. Okay. <laughs> Romans 12 and 1. And I love this. This is from the message. Look what it says, Romans 12 and 1. Here's, this, I'm going to tell you, this verse really wraps up what I'm trying to say in this dedication. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Because, see, a lot of y'all think God doesn't care about your everyday, ordinary life. You think he doesn't care about that. Yes, he does. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. Glory. You're going to work. And walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go home. That's it right there, man. But I got some more stuff. Okay. Roy Ann, God bless you. So good. To, let's welcome Roy Ann back. So good to see you. And thanks. You brought your dad with you. That's awesome. So glad y'all are here today. <laughs> All right. Now, today we're going to talk about a difficult topic. We're going to talk about tithing. Glory. We're going to talk about tithing today. A few months ago, I did a series called Hell, the Forgotten Truth. Da, 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 you know. And hell is a hard subject to talk about, and it's a hard subject to listen to. This is the other one. <laughs> hell, tithing, hell, tithing, hell, tithing. They're the two hard topics to talk about in church. It's hard for me to talk about it. I'm telling you, I, I will tell you all this, and I know probably a lot of people do. I, I really don't say enough about it. I really should say more about it, but I'm not comfortable talking about it. I know people aren't comfortable hearing about it, and there are a lot of reasons that it's a difficult topic. And one of the many reasons it's a difficult topic is that it is so personal. I mean, when I talk about your money and what you ought to do with your money, you know, the human nature response to that is, it's none of your business. None of your business. What I do with my money. So here's, I want to make some pledges to you this morning about this sermon. I'm going to just tell you what the Bible says. I'm not going to give you my opinion. If I give you my opinion, what do I usually say? Pharaoh Hardison chapter 4 verse 8. Okay, so then you know it's my opinion. All right? So I'm going to try to give you what the Bible says. The second thing I want to tell you, some of you may not know, most of you know, is I never look at the giving records in this church. I look at the total amount that comes in, how it was spent, where it's being spent, and what's left over, if there is any left over. I don't look at who gives what. I don't know who gives what in this church. I don't know who tithes and who doesn't tithe. And the only time... Um, that we ever really take a close look at that is if you are nominated to serve on our financial committee or you're nominated to serve on our elder board. 
And then we have to take a look at that. And really, I don't even take a look at it then. I just look at the treasury and go, in your opinion, is this person a tither? And then we go on from there. There are only a handful of people who ever look at who gives what. And the only reason they do is so we can get it counted and get it in the bank and send you your statement. And these people have vowed that they're not going to talk about this, and they don't. And I've never heard any talk in this church about anybody who knows who gives what saying anything to another person about that. So <clears throat> we, I don't know. The staff doesn't know. Nobody knows who gives what because we want to treat everybody the same. We want to treat everybody the same. I don't want you to come in and here's a guy over here who gave $10,000 to the church last year and here's a guy over here who gave only 1000 and I know how much, you know, the guy who gave 1000 makes a lot more money than that. I don't want to know all that. When you walk in the door, I just want to love on every one of you. Amen, amen? I'm not saying I don't love you if you don't tithe. I just know human nature. Isn't that right? And, and so I promise you we don't look at that. So you're going to get treated the same by everybody. You're not going to get treated differently by, by the staff or anything like that. And um, here's all I'm asking you to do. I'm going to just tell you what God says in his word. And then I want you to take that and get with God and go, Hey, God, Pharaoh said this. What about the, is that? Was he right? Was he right about that? Or is he stretching that? Or is he trying to make that something that was just get the church some more money? Or did he twist that scripture to make it say what he wanted it to say? I challenge you. I beg you, please, take these passages that I'm going to give you today. <coughs> Excuse me. And there are many, many more in here uh, in the Bible that I'm not going to give you today. But I want to give you some key ones. Okay, is that fair enough? So let's just agree this is a hard subject to hear about, hard subject to talk about. But let's also agree that even though it is, we need to look at what God said about it. And the people said, all right, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take some questions that I get asked all the time. And I'm going to answer those questions in this sermon. Okay? All right. Everybody ready? Number one. And, and you know, we don't give you the sermon notes anymore. So you guys got to do a little extra work. Got to give you plenty of space. for. The... Number one, um, what does the word tithe mean? The word tithe is found in the book of Malachi. It's the only Italian writer in the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Malachi. Malachi chapter uh, 3 and verse 8 says, can a person cheat God? This is God talking here actually. Can a person cheat God? Yet you are cheating me, but you ask, how are we cheating you? And God says, <laughs> not Pharaoh, when you don't bring a tenth of your income and other contributions, and we'll talk about into the storehouse and what that means. But the word tithe means ten or tenth or ten percent. And here's what it means in context of us sitting here this morning. That what God wants from us, and this is my what I get, gather from the scriptures, that what God wants from us is at least ten percent of our income back to him in a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving and faith and trust, we give that offering. Now, we'll take it any way you give it, okay? <laughs> but we want you to give it cheerfully. Cheerfully. We want you to give. We want you 
Because, listen, you say, well, I don't like, I don't really like the way y'all spend all the money. You know what? You know what? Um, when you give your tithe, it's off you. It's on us then. If we misuse it, if we misspend it, it's on us. It's on us. So, so I don't want you to think that if you give and then you see something, you go, oh, whoa. You know, and plus, if that's going on, I'd love, to, I'd love for you to talk to me. Give me a call. Let me know. I don't know of anything like that that's happening. I'm not saying that <coughs> there are some things we've invested money in that didn't work out. You know, you experiment with different things and try different things. But as far as wasting money or, or doing things with money that ought not be done, you know, like pastor traveling down to South America to meet his girlfriend. Um, you can only do that if you're a governor. Uh, did I, I just threw that right out there. That's, there are inside words and outside words, and those came outside. Um, so, you know, that would be a wrong way to handle your money. But, and that would be a sin. But, but you know, um, so ask us. If there's ever a question, let me, t- let me tell you guys something. I should have said this at the bridge. Um, and we need to get some financial reports at the bridge. But we, we put on the bulletin board, right out there in the hallway, a detailed report on how every bit of the money in this church is spent. We don't care who comes in and looks at it. Now, now who gives what isn't on there. That's none nobody's business except God. But we put the financial report right out there. I mean, Joe Blow can walk in off the street. Y'all know Joe. He can walk right in off the street, walk up there and look at how we spend our money. We don't care. We have nothing to hide in that area, okay? So it's right out there on the bulletin board. All the salaries of the staff, all that, you know. Not many people have their salaries just posted right out in the public. But here at the church, we do. And so we want you to know that. Um, so, so the word tithe means to give that 10% back to God. Let me give you some scripture here. Proverbs 3 9 and 10. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Let's read it. Honor the Lord by giving him the what? First part. The first part of how much? See, people come to me and they go, do you pay on the gross or you pay on the net? It's gross to pay on the net. I'll tell you that right now. That's a, that's a little joke I got. That was funny. Um, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of, I didn't say it, all your income. And, and if you'll do that, then he will fill your barns. You say, I don't have any barns. Get some. Get some barns. <laughs> you read that and go, man, I'm getting a barn Monday. And, um, and that, you know, it doesn't mean barn. It did in that context. But in our context today, it means, you know, you just bless it. He's going to bless you. How much? To what? Overflow. Pretty good deal. God goes, okay. God goes, okay. All of this dollar is mine. God says, all of this dollar is mine. But I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let you have it. Now, give me back 10 cents. Give me back 10 cents. And we go, <laughs> I know what y'all do. And, and so we give him 10 cents. He goes, now look, if you'll give me 10 cents back for every dollar I give you, then I'm just going to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Everybody write down in your notes, pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. I've never had anybody come up to me and go, I started tithing, and it just broke us up. You know, I've never, but I've had tons of stories where people come. I had a guy come up to me at the bridge last night. He said, Pastor, 
He said, we started coming to church at Whitley and some here at the bridge. He said, um, we weren't tithing. He said, I told my wife, if we're going to do this thing, let's do it. He said, we started tithing. He said, I lost my job. He said, I went the next day after we started tithing to interview for a job. He said, I knew I didn't have a snowball's chance in Hades. Write that down. He said, I knew I didn't have a chance. He said, in about three days, I got a call back saying, we want to interview you. He said, I went and got the job. Now, I'm not saying that's how God's going to do it for you. I don't know what his interpretation for you is filling your barn to overflow. It could be something more better than that. Everybody write down more better. It could be way better than that guy's blessing. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be money. But how many of y'all know there's some things in our life that are more important than money? That if God were to bless it, it would just be awesome. What about our children? What about a healing? What about, you know, I don't know. I'd never say how God's going to do it. I just know God said it. God, whatever you want my barn to be, I trust you. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tithe. And God said, if you'll tithe Pharaoh Hardison 10% right off the top, he said, I'm going to take care of your needs if you'll put me first. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. You give me that 10% and then I'm going to fill your barns up. Okay? Why 10%? Okay, now write this down. Here's why 10%. Beats me. I have no idea why temper. I don't know. However, I do know he could have said 20. Glory. He could have said 30, 50, 90. Because how much of it's his? So God doesn't want your money, doesn't need your money. What did I tell you all? If God wants your money, he'd just take it. You just wake up one morning and your bank account will be empty. And you'd hear this little, up from heaven, you know, that he took your money. God can take your money. It's not your money. He don't want you 10%. He doesn't need you 10%. He doesn't even need us. He doesn't need us. But we just, he just uses us and lets us in on the awesome stuff he's doing. You ever think about that? Do you think he needs us to do anything he wants to do? He could go right around us and call us a bunch of losers and just go right around us and do whatever he wants to do. But he uses us. So why does he make us give him 10%? Because he doesn't want the 10%, doesn't need the 10%. He wants what it represents. Your heart. He wants your heart. See, when you tithe, here's what God's doing. God is teaching you to be unselfish. He's teaching you to be selfless. He's teaching you to be generous. He's teaching you to quit focusing on you and your little world. And he's teaching you to look beyond yourself at the needs of others. And not to hold on to your stuff like this, but to hold on to it like this. So he can get in there and get what he needs and so he can put stuff in there. To, look, if you got your hands like that, he can't put stuff in your hands either. Amen? So we hold it like this. We hold it like this. Number two, second question. When do we give our tithe? When? 1 Corinthians 12 and 2 says, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 16 and 2 says, On every Lord's day, each of you should put aside some amount of money in relation to what you have earned and save it. For this offering. Paul says, don't wait until I get there and try to collect it all in one. He said, give it on every Lord's day. Now, 
we've learned since Jesus came that the Lord's Day can be Thursday night. Amen. I know some of y'all struggle with that, but, you know, we've seen people come into Jesus on Thursday night who weren't even in church. I think that's more important than our little legalistic rules. Amen, amen. And so, so your Lord's Day may be Thursday night. It may be Saturday night. It may be Sunday morning. I don't know when your Lord's Day is. But you give it on the Lord's Day, and that means you give it whenever you come and gather for worship. You can give it weekly, not W-E-A-K, W-E-E-K, monthly. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 14, 23, that the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. So before anybody else gets paid, I've heard people say, well, I'll pay all my bills, and then I see what's left Man, if I did that, I wouldn't have any left for God. Matter of fact, I I just pay God first. I mean, Millie sits down. When we get paid, she sits right down and writes that check first and gets it out there. Amen, amen. And then we live on and save out of what's left. It's worked great for us. It's worked great. John D. Rockefeller um, was the Bill Gates of America in his day many years ago, and he was the wealthiest man in the world, and he, uh, he was the president of Standard Oil. And he was asked, what is the, what is the uh, secret of your prosperity? And John D. Rockefeller said, I, I tithe 10%, I save 10%, and I live on the 80. That's the 10-10-80 principle. I highly recommend that. Not everybody lives by that. Some people give even more of their income than 10%. And, uh, but I highly recommend that. And you say, well, I can't afford to save 10%. I can't afford to give God 10%. And I really can't even afford to live on 100%, much less 80%. Well, I got to tell you something, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but if you can't save some, where the Bible talks about saving, we're going to talk about that in detail next week. When the Bible tells you to save some and the Bible tells you to tithe, and then you can't, then somebody's spending too much money. So we need to cut something out. How many of you know we don't have to have direct TV? Hard to say, ain't it? It's hard to say amen to that. I know. I know it is, especially with the NFL kicking in today. But, but there's some stuff we cannot have. There's some stuff we can stop doing. Okay? All right? All right. How do we use the tithe? Well, we use the tithe to support the work of the ministry within a local church. Now, I've got to tell you all something. I'm a little biased, but I believe in the local church, and I believe God is doing his greatest stuff through the local church. Let me just illustrate that. How many of you are familiar with and appreciate the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association? You appreciate Billy Graham? Oh, man. Billy Graham is incredible, but Billy Graham wouldn't exist without the local church, without churches like Whitley and the Bridge. Do y'all love James Dobson? I love James Dobson. We need to pray for that ministry. I got a letter this week that they're $6 million down from last year. So we need to pray for James Dobson. And, and James Dobson is, is about to have to give up that ministry because of age. And he's just getting to a place where he's going to have to give that up. And, and so we need to <laughs> excuse me, pray for that ministry. But um, James Dobson, folks on the family, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the local church. And these guys know that, and they say it all the time. God is doing his greatest work through the local church. So, so when, if you're trying to find a church, let's say you're here and you're looking for a church, and let's say that you've kind of decided um, 
because a bunch of hands went up a while ago that this is your first time. And some of you, it's not your first time, but you're still kind of looking around and maybe you're coming back for a second or third time to see if it's going to be consistent or whatever. <clears throat> see if we're going to get snakes out or something, you know, just make sure we're all good. Um, so, and I understand that. I would do that too. Um, but one of the things I would do if I was going to, if I was going to, say, well, I'm pretty sure this is the church. I'm pretty sure this is where we're going to connect. I would sit down with somebody in that church, a staff member or the pastor if he can or whatever, and I would say, I just want to make sure I understand what your core values are before me and my family connect and settle in and start paying tithes and, and go to work here and all that kind of stuff. We just want to make sure what your core values are. And I'm going to tell you some of our core values. I'm going to list some of them right now. And look, what our core values are may not be yours. Whitley's not for everybody. Whitley Church is not for everybody. How many of you know there are empty seats in here this morning? Those are the people Whitley wasn't for them, okay? They're somewhere else. That's fine. It should be that way. Everybody can't come to church here. God never intended that. So, so what are your core values? One of our core values here at Whitley Church is children. I mean, when you drive up on our parking lot, um, you know, we got our own children's compound right back there where we lock them in and, and keep them and <laughs> pull the gates. You know. And uh, <clears throat> so we got uh, Fort Zion. That's our Royal Rangers ministry. Right behind Fort Zion in that big metal building, that's called the Carpenter's House. And we're about to put a big sign on there so everybody will know what that is. That's the Carpenter's House, and that's where our teenagers, that's their facility. And then over here is our Impact Girls Club. That's what that big uh, brick building is. And that's where our girls ministry meets called Impact Girls Club. And we have sometimes 140, 150 girls out there in that building on Wednesday night. And this morning, the nursery's filled. And uh, we've got, we had to divide the nursery up a couple times. So we got like three or four rooms where kids are. And when you get here on Sunday morning... We have a team of people who have been trained and background checked and all that kind of stuff. So you can leave your kids safely and come on in here and enjoy church and then go back and pick them up. Now, this little box right here where that number keeps coming up, that's where uh, if a kid's having problems, we flash the number up. The parent knows that's their kid and they kind of slip out unembarrassed. They're able to go. To, now, if the number's flashing, we need y'all to run. Okay? So we believe in children. We spend... We have spent, we have spent uh, well over $2 million, well over $2 million building facilities for children for this church. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, I know some of you probably didn't like the chairs. Now, don't say amen to that. Don't say amen. But let me tell you why we did the chairs. We did the chairs... Because now we can use this room for a lot of different things rather than just one thing. Now what I could have done was said, okay, uh, we bow before our pews and worship them. And we're not going to ever take our pews out. And uh, so that means we can only do one thing in here, and that is have church. So I need y'all to give more money so we can go build another building to do what we need to do. What we decided to do was take the pews out, put chairs in. That turns this room into multi-purpose. Y'all with me? And so we're able to bring tables in. We can have a dinner here in here now. 
We can have a banquet in here now and where we've been renting facilities to have our Christmas banquet and paying hundreds, thousands of dollars. Now we, have it, we can have it right here. I'm not coming to you guys all the time going, I tell you, if we're going to pay for this new building, man, you guys got to really dig deep, you know. We just, we just pulled, took the pews out, brought chairs in so we could use this for more than just one thing. Amen, amen? So some of y'all that didn't like now, you kind of like them better, don't you? Because, you know, I'm not beating you over the head about, boy, we got this big debt. And, you know. so, so children, I'm sorry, uh, teens, the needy, missions, outreach, pastoral care of our members, worship, small groups, um, connect groups, peer groups, discipleship. Uh, these are our core values here at Willie Church, providing ministry tools and resources. Heard about this preacher. He's starting a brand new church and he had built a little congregation. They were all fired up. You know how new churches are. Woo! They're fired up. And so he got up there and he said, guys, let me tell you all something. When a church is getting started out, it's like a little baby and it's got to crawl. And they said, let it crawl. Let it crawl, pastor. Let it crawl. He said, but then after a little while, he said, we grow, reach more people for Jesus. And after a little while, we're able to stand. And they went, whoa, let it stand. Let the church stand, pastor. And then he said, and then I'm going to tell you guys, we disciple more people through the scriptures. And we just get the church, uh, you know, moving forward and advancing on the kingdom of darkness. He said, we got to walk. We crawl and then we stand and then we walk. Oh, let it walk. Let the church walk, pastor. He said, and then, you know, we mature and grow as people. We begin to just go around the world here and there, influencing people, missionaries around the world to come to Christ and, and, and to grow in Christ. And he said, and then, we, then we're running when we do that. We're running. He said, oh, let it run, let it run, let it run, let the church run. And he said, and then, he said, we, we're flying. He said, and, and, and for the church to fly, and they said, oh, let it fly. Let the church fly. He said, for it to fly, he said, we got to have money. They said, let it crawl. Let it crawl. Let the church crawl. Thank you all for laughing at that again. And there, there are people like that in church. They want to have the biggest and the best, and they want to bring their friends and go, look at this. Look at this. I love those people who fought it and won't give to it. But when you build it, they bring their friends. Yeah, we built that back there. Like Barney Fife, you know. We built that back there uh, 10 years ago, and we've already paid it off. And I want to go, you didn't have anything to do with paying it off, you tight one. You know. Um, I love people giving, giving folks a tour of something they were again. You know, you know about being against something, don't you? That's a southern thing. I'm again it. It's like the guy who somebody brought up a chandelier for the church, and they said, we're going to buy a chandelier for the church. And he said, I'm against that. And they knew he would be because he's against everything. They said, why are you against it? He said, I'm against it for three reasons. He said, number one, ain't nobody in here can spell chandelier. He said, number two, I know for a fact that nobody in here knows how to play the thing if we were to buy it. <laughs> he said, if we're going to buy anything to this church, we need some lights. <clears throat> y'all, ever, y'all ever going to church with people like that? They're against stuff. They don't even know what it is. I'm against that. I'm just against it. <laughs> See, that's when you need that, that sniper ministry. Where you sniper, he's kind of hiding up there. You go, take him out. Take him. 
I need to quit. I'm talking about killing people. Let's see. <clears throat> Let me give you three reasons why we tithe. I'm going to give them to you real fast, real fast. Three reasons why we tithe. Tithing expresses, expresses gratitude for the past. Tithing, when you put your tithing envelope in, you're saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for all you've done for me. When you tithe, it not only expresses gratitude for the past, number two, it establishes priorities for the present. Because when you put that tithe in there, you're saying, you are first in my life today. Today. Put that tithe, you're first today. Thank you for the past, but you're the first still today. And number three, tithing expands our faith for the future because it says this, it says, God, I know that if I put this tithe in there, that it's just like an insurance policy. If the economy goes down, you're going to take care of me because you said you would. You said you would. God doesn't check Wall Street or the business page or Financial Times or any of that before he says, I'm going to bless my church and I'm going to bless my people. He doesn't have to. He owns, I love what the black preacher said. He said, God owns a the cattle on a thousand hills, and the taters in the hills. Amen? He owns it all. He owns it all. Here's the challenge. Offering fit for a king. Everybody say October 4th. October 4th, we're going to receive an offering in this church called Offering Fit for a King. And here's what we're asking. Let me tell you all something, and, and don't go, oh, that's terrible, that's terrible when I say this. About 20% of our church tithes. But here's what we ask on that one Sunday, Offering Fit for King. We ask everybody to tithe on that day. The whole church. That's all tithe. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, Millie and I tithe. We've tithed all our life. We're going to tithe that day, but we're going to, because we're tithers, we believe in this church. Look, this church is our life, so we're bringing something above the tithe. So I'm asking those of you who already tithe, first of all, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Secondly, could you bring a little something-something to put on top of your tithe, just a little extra? And those of you who don't tithe, would you tithe that day? Just tithe that day. If we'll do it, we'll take up $100,000 in that offering. If we take up $100,000, I pledge to you, if we don't take up $100,000, whatever we take up, we're going to spend it for the glory of God. And we're going to spend it for prayer and not one penny's coming in my pocket or any staff member's pocket or any person's pocket. We've just got some stuff we want to do to make our ministry more effective and more powerful and move into the future. Amen, amen. So guys, amen, amen. Now here is why we ask you to do that. Because God asked you to do it. What's this? Malachi, <laughs> Malachi 3. 10 through 12. Somebody's going to go out pronouncing it like that. Bring one-tenth of your income into the storehouse. I believe that's the local church. You say, well, I'm not sure I agree with that interpretation. Well, come up to me after the service and I'll forgive you. All right, let's go. Bring one-tenth of your income into the storehouse. Why? Why? So that there may be food in my house. That doesn't mean food, food. It might have in that day, in that context, but we mean resources. And then God goes, here, then God goes, watch this. Then God goes, bring it. Bring it. God goes, I know y'all think I'm crazy. It's all right. Test me. God goes, put me to the test. 
bring it. The God we serve, I don't know about all these other gods, but the God we serve is cool, and he goes, bring it. Test me in this way. Test me in this way. way. If you'll bring 10% of your income into the storehouse, how many of you, does anybody here think God lies? Okay. See if I won't open the windows of heaven for you and flood you with blessings. Now, again, I already told you I don't know what that is. You say, well, I'd like to know what it is before I talk. Let me tell you something. Whatever God gives you, if you had the good sense to choose it, you would have chose the same thing. Amen? You go, well, I mean, if I knew it was going to be money, you know, I might give that tithe. I'm telling you, God knows what kind of barn he needs to fill in your life. You don't know what kind. You might want a certain barn to get blessed. But see, God's into eternal stuff. See, when you die, he wants to be able to punch your ticket and go, come on in. So he's going to bless whatever barn needs to get blessed to get you in. Amen, amen? Right with him. Because on the day of judgment, it ain't going to matter what kind of boat and house and I mean, that's nothing. He, you want some eternal stuff. He says, so I'll open windows heaven. Then he says, then for your sake, I'll stop insects from eating your crops. They will not destroy the produce of your land. The vines in your fields will not lose their unripened grapes, says the Lord of armies. All nations will call you blessed because you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Now, let me give you something real. This is my last page of notes. I promise. This is it. But I'm going to give these to you like bam, 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 bam. So write these down real quick. I want to give you the results of tithing very quickly. Number one, when you tithe, when you tithe, you promote the will and the work of God in the world. You're promoting the will and the work of God in the world when you tithe. Look what he said. He said, bring one-tenth of your income into the storehouse and there will be food in my house. Now, he's got a big old house now. And his house is just not Whitley House or Bridge House. His is the kingdom of God house. So when you bring, when you're tithe, you're promoting his will and his work. Number two, see, we're already on number two. Come down. Tithing leads to the provision of God's blessing in your life. So look what he says. Not only promotion, but provision. He says, see if I won't open the windows of heaven for you and flood you with blessings. So he's going to provide. Number three, and this is a good one. When you tithe, not only do you promote the will and the work of God, and not only do you open up the blessing of provision in your life, no matter what the economy is, but number three, tithing leads to the protection of the hand of God on your life. I'll take a slice of that right there, buddy. I'm telling you, a big old slice. Now look what he said. He said, if you will tithe, he said, the, the insects will not eat your crops. Now I know we're not, you know, not many farmers sitting. I don't know if we got a farmer sitting here. You, you know, when this church was birthed, everybody in it was a farmer. But, but those times have changed. But I'm telling you, what he's saying right there is, I'll bless your business when everybody else's business is suffering. I'll bless your sales when everybody else's sales are down. He says, I will protect you. 
He said, I'll stop the insects from eating your crops. They will not destroy the produce of your land. The vines in your field will not lose their unripened grapes. He says, I will take care of you in the midst of drought and depression. I will take care of you. Amen, amen. That's protection from God. And then finally, tithing leads to the proclamation of the goodness of God. Because when the unsaved, lost world sees God's blessing on his people in the midst of trouble. What a testimony. What a testimony. Look what he says. He says, all nations, uh, Malachi 3.12, all nations will call you blessed because you will be a delightful land. So that means those who don't believe will say they must serve the true and living God. Look how God's hand is on them in the midst of all this trouble. In the midst of all the trouble. George Barner Research said only 6% of people who go to church tithe. I think we're better than that here. I think we're better than that. I think we're better than 20%. I think we're better than 20%. I'm going to say something real strong right here and it. Don't let it offend you. But don't give me this. Oh, Lord, I just praise you. I just wish we had more praise and worship. I just, I just I wish we had more Bible study. And that person giving me all that super spiritual talk can't even give God 10 cents out of every dollar. Dance all you want to dance. Jump all you want to chuck. Jump. What's, what does your checkbook say? Amen, amen. Now, I'm not talking to y'all. It's that second service crowd I'm getting ready for. But I'm just saying, tithing is not about money, it's about faith. It's about trust, it's about obedience. Tithing is not a financial issue, it is a spiritual issue. It is not a financial issue, it is a spiritual issue. Tithing reveals something about your walk with God. Amen, amen? Now, I don't know who tithes and who doesn't. But you do. You do about yourself. So take this up with God. You might be just mad right now going, God, get out of here. I'm never coming back to this church. All I'm saying is take what I gave you. Take those notes. I'll send you the notes. I'll send you the whole manuscript of my sermon. You take it. Go through it. Bring it to God and go, God, is that really what that is? It? I mean, really, seriously, is it? Okay? You and God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hard to talk about, hard to hear, but necessary. The Bible says the people of Berea were noble people. It called them noble people because they received the word of God. Let us be noble and let us receive the word of God today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, hey, listen, guys, those of you who are visiting today, 